You're listening to The 80-20 Show, an inside look into the music industry. Welcome everyone to The 80-20 Show. I'm your host, Mike Zimmerlick, and my next guest is Raheem Jarbo, also known as the nerdcore hip-hop artist Megaran. Now for this episode, usually we go over the origin journey, if you will, of our guest, However, Rahim has just released a memoir of his life up until this point called Dream Master. Now, try not to be biased here as Megaran is one of our artists, but I'm telling you, I had a hard time putting this book down. It was an incredible and powerful story about his childhood leading into his artist career. There were many times where I laughed and cried as there were a lot of aspects that he talked about that reflected my life, especially growing up as a kid, because I was also, if you listen to the podcast, you know that um, I'm quite a nerd, and um, and I can be quite shy at times too, and uh, so a lot of the things that he talked about in this book did really resonate with me. Also during the interview, we do discuss more about what inspired Rahim to write this book and his experiences publishing it. We also go into his experiences being black in the music industry as well as maintaining an artist's career during the pandemic. I hope you enjoy this interview with Raheem Jarbo. Hey, Raheem, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, Mike. Um, it's been a week, a month, a year, I guess, already. Um, just with all the things I've been working on, having them finally come out. So it's just been very emotional and, uh, and busy, but in a good way. So, uh, so yeah, things are good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, it's amazing because you release things like it's just a second nature for you. It's it, I have always been impressed on how often that you release not only just music in general, but quality music every single time. In fact, as of this recording, you just released uh, the Black Materia remake, which congratulations, by the way, it's a fantastic album. Thank you so much. I'm so proud of it. Um, it was a lot, a lot of work in the process. You know, we did the Kickstarter in 2019, and then the pandemic hits, and I'm not sure how I can get into the studio. There were just so many, so many like barriers that I, I think really made you know the final result so much more special. So, what did you do during that time frame? Like, how did you coordinate with the, you know, with the different studio? Did you do a lot of it in house or? You know, because you're still releasing music. I mean, how many how many releases did you have in 2020? Um, well, yeah, we released uh, the Two Hands Up album in May. I released Ages in November. So I had two two releases, like a full album and an EP. Um, in addition to that, I was doing songs for Patreon. So I do one to two songs a month there, um, feature guests, verses and things like that. So when the studio was open, I would get in there five, six hours if I could and just really just hammer out a bunch of like ideas that I had been writing and drafting at home. But, you know, it was, I, I didn't think I got my home sound and set up to where I was fully comfortable with releasing music to the public from home. So I would work on as much as I could there and then eventually take those to the studio when it did open. And then we just marathon through the you know, recording sessions, but I'd had tons of practice with them doing them at home. So I think that really helped a lot. And uh, I think that's something that wouldn't have happened during pandemic because I never really felt comfortable recording at home. You know, I always like to record in a big studio. I like to have, you know, my, my engineer there to 
you know, kind of push me along and give me some, you know, feedback. Uh, but it really helped me to trust myself. And, uh, and I think that's a lot of what the book's about, too, just kind of me trusting myself and, and believing in this, this strange path that I was on and that it, that it didn't make me as different or weird as I thought I was, you know? Absolutely. Speaking of which, congratulations on the book as well, Dream Master being released. I fin- in fact, I just finished reading it myself, and it's, nice. it's an absolutely incredible book. It's one of the few books that I really had a hard time putting down. I, I wow. legitimately was going, I want to make sure that I fully read it by the time we did our interview, but at the same token, I didn't want to put it down. I literally, wow. every single day, I was reading a chapter by chapter by chapter because I found that even though I had a very different walk of life than you had, uh, I did find a lot of things that were relatable to myself, not only as somebody in the music industry, but as well as, you know, being the nerdy kid growing up and, you know, trying to find my place in this world. Wow. That's really great to hear. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad you were able to find it relatable. And that was a really important thing to me. And that's that's really where the book came from, was just conversations I would have at shows with people and realizing that we weren't very different. You know, we all came from different places, but we all love these things that were considered kind of fringe and niche and nerdy and um, and didn't necessarily find our community or our tribe, you know. And uh, and that's really what the, the journey was all about for me. It's just finding, you know, that strength to keep going, even when you don't necessarily know if anybody's even listening sometimes. So when did you make the decision then after having these conversations with fans that, hey, maybe I should write a book? Do you remember there was, was there a point in time where you made that decision? I think um, it was some point on tour. I don't remember which tour, but I remember maybe a, a fan after the show at Merch said something like, man, I can't wait to read your book. Like you got such great stories. And then my DJ, who I was with, was like, man, your storytelling is so great. Like, you should write a book. So I heard that about three times within a few hours. And so it made me just start jotting things down. And originally, it was just going to be short stories. Like, here's the time that I fell on stage. Or here's the time that I kissed a girl. Or here's the time that I put out my first album. You know. And um, so I just wrote down these very key moments that I thought kind of made me who I, who I was at that time. And then, but before I knew it, I had, you know, seven, eight chapters. And I was like, oh, this is kind of good stuff. And now I need to fill it in and keep working. So I just kept writing. And before I knew it, I mean, it was literally five, six years at least in the making of, of writing. And um, I think the hard thing about being a writer by trade now is that I still don't fully know when anything's finished. You know, and I think that's something that happens with all creators. It's like, when is it done, you know? And so I had to hire a, a editor. I had to get a couple, like two editors, just just to make sure, because I had never written a book. I mean, I'd done a ton of writing. I'm an English major. I write songs, but I didn't fully trust myself as a as a book writer. But my editor told me, "It's done when it's done. You know, you set you set a, a final goal. You know, the finish line, and then you write until that finish line. Anything else, save it for the next book." And so I had to keep telling myself that, like, all right, save that for the next book, save that for the next book. So so it stops at a really, um, like, pivotal point for me, which is the beginning of 2018. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, there's there's a ton more to write after that. <laughs> so did you find that uh, there were differences between 
because you both the fact that you're an English major as well as a lyricist, did you find what were the differences that you found between what you've you know writing music in comparison to writing a book? Hmm. Well, I think writing music uh, it's very similar, but but the difference I think is I'm just trying to I think being um, not as pressed for time. I think you know if that makes sense. Uh, I'm always like, okay, I got to get to the end of the the point you know, in the song, you know, I got to get to the point so I can cut out some of those minuscule details. But in a book, those minuscule details are super important. So you can sprinkle them in and you could create entire, you know, pages about these small moments, you know. So that I think I appreciate it because especially in hip hop, brevity is kind of the thing, you know. We want short songs. They want two and a half, three minute songs. And... When writing a memoir, like, like that's the complete opposite, you know. Like I really want to know, I want to get the details, you know. So, uh, so yeah, there was a level of descriptiveness that I got to in this book that I I don't think I could reach in a song unless it was a, a eight minute song. Wow. So, um, so speaking of which, so you mentioned that this was back in. 2018 that you finished the book or is that when you started no that's like the ending point like chronologically in the book but in the book gotcha i i didn't finish writing until maybe september of of 2020 oh wow so this that actually was completed fairly recently pretty recently um just as far as getting the final draft together like i think now that i look at what it was i think it was done at the beginning of 2020 but i just had to trust myself i have to had to read over it a million times, check for, you know, spelling, check for grammar, check for continuity, check for fact-checking, you know, change people's names, you know. All the other things that had to go into it was done uh, between January and September. But I do think that it had been finished, but I just had to trust myself in the process and um, and have the time to put it out. So I think that the pandemic really helped with that. And it really got me to kind of hunker down, give it a full effort, you know, reading over with a fine tooth comb and uh, editing very meticulously. But, yeah, I think most of the writing was done by the beginning of last year. So since this was something relatively new, did you when you were looking back, because you talk about a lot of very intimate experiences in your life when you were going over all of this? Did you come to terms with some of these things that you've been dealing with with your life? Oh, absolutely. I think that writing is so therapeutic, and I, I always talk about that with music, but um, I think even more so with this book, even if it had never come out, it taught me so much about myself. All the, you know, the, any time in the book where it's like a very, you know, tragic moment, it's it's not written just to, you know, shock someone. It's written because it was a very like formative moment for me that created kind of who I am in a certain, you know, way and whatever that situation was, it was, it was always a reason for it. So I made sure to give those uh, extra attention, you know, to make sure that I was operating with, with delicacy, with care on such, you know, sensitive topics, but also as I'm writing, I'm realizing some of these words I've never said before, either to myself, to a friend, you know, to anyone. And, uh, and it was like, there's moments where I stopped and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, that's, that's why that happened. And this is, you know, so it was totally a learning experience. Like, 
So writing taught me a lot about myself, for sure. And uh, again, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, there's moments in the book where I'm, I'm literally writing it and it's the first time I'm recognizing it, you know, and, and using, you know, that moment to, to understand future moments was uh, super helpful for me. You know, there's, there's times, I always say like a book is a, or writing is like a great, you know, therapist, you know, writing is for people who can't afford therapy sometimes. And, um, it was, it was definitely there so many therapeutic moments writing this out. You know, I didn't understand, you know, at the time, oh, I'm in a slump, what's happening? And then I'm like, oh yeah, maybe that thing happened right before the slump. Oh, you know, so putting it all out on a timeline really helped me to understand what was going on in my life at the time. So also not to give any way, anything away in the book, you do mention uh, on a number of occasions of your experience being black um, all throughout your entire life. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about uh, your experiences in the music industry um, when it comes to race? Well, um, I, I mean, the entire book starts off and probably ends with, you know, the thing I'd heard from my entire life, which was, you know, if you're black, you got to work twice as hard to get half as far sometimes. And I didn't even necessarily understand or believe that growing up. I just was like, well, you know, it's merit-based society. You do your work and you, you show up on time and things work out for you. And not even realizing that at the very same time, you know, I had been kept out of so many opportunities for, as far as I knew, no other reason except being black, you know. So it's very true and unfortunate that you do have to work twice as hard, but you, you may not even get the thing you get if you work twice as hard, you know. So um, I think, you know, another big issue for me was trying my best to, of course, we're fighting this uphill battle, but I think that never giving in to the to the situation that you're in and amongst you know i feel like you can fight the uphill battle you know but if you're if you're not mentally prepared you already lost you know and i think that uh, i think my mom you know and all my mentors along the way for for preparing me so early on like i said it was out of high school the first time i heard that and i just knew like you gotta work hard and in addition to that things aren't fair, you know, so even when you're, you know, knocked down, you can't necessarily let that define you and defeat you because there's nowhere to go but up once you hit hit the bottom. So, um, but yeah, I, I think, I mean, as far as specifics, I can't necessarily think of a lot of uh, music industry things that have kind of maybe uh, eluded me, you know, because of who I am or what I am. But, you know, I just think in general, the music industry can be so predatory, you know, so that, you know, anyone who comes in without the proper education, without the proper knowledge, without knowing how to own or copyright your, your material, you know, or things like that can be taken advantage of, you know. So with, whether you're coming from, you know, a lower class or middle class neighborhood or you're just coming from a place of, of low education, you know, I hate that the business of the industry is almost to exploit, you know? And um, so from an early age, I just realized that that wasn't for me. You know, I knew that the industry, typical industry level and way of things 
was just not going to work out for me. Like I didn't make the type of music that they wanted from me. I didn't give them the type of, you know, drama or energy that they maybe wanted from a hip hop artist. So I knew I was doing something different and it was just a matter of finding people who would enjoy me for me and appreciate me for me. And, uh, and it was, it was a journey, you know? And, um, but, but I think doing it the long way has made me appreciate it so much more. If you were to now, you know, being experienced in the music industry and, and carving essentially your own path, uh, is there a lesson that you can give to somebody who's just getting started, whether they're African-American or just artists in general? Hmm. Well, I think artists in general, you got to read everything, <laughs> um, understand everything, you know, uh, hire people, you know, but hire people that you can trust. Um, have a mentor. You got to have a mentor or someone to look up to and listen to who has done it before, who has failed, has tried you know, and I think, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, I would say, don't be afraid to be different. You know, um, record labels literally don't know anything, <laughs> you know, like at the end of the day, it's the people who drive this, this, this machine, this ship. I can vouch yeah. for that. Actually being a record label, we don't <laughs> like, like we, we take our best guesses, but honestly, at the end of the day, it, you know, we've been, and I don't care if it's, if it's the independent label or Sony, it does not make a difference. No, everyone's We're, guessing. Everyone's, everyone's guessing. Taking, taking their best guess. You know, the music industry completely changes and shifts every 10 years or less, you know, where a thing that no one thought could work is now the top thing in the world, you know? So, take a chance on yourself you got to believe in yourself and um just maintain maintain as much you know control and ownership as you can over what you do and i think don't be afraid to get your hands dirty don't be afraid to learn the business to send out some emails to you know to be that person doing the work so that you'll understand it you know uh my old manager told me that every band gets to the point where either the manager is not being paid enough or the manager is being paid too much you know because either the manager takes them to a great place and now the manager needs more or the manager didn't necessarily take them to where they wanted and he still takes because he's he's owed what he's owed so i think that you have to realize that um it's an up and down business and you gotta hold fast and most importantly, if you don't go to sleep thinking about this and wake up thinking about this and then go back to sleep thinking about this and wake up again thinking about this, don't do it <laughs> because the music industry will take your soul <laughs> and uh, it will consume you. So if this is not the thing that you want and you think about 24-7, it might not be for you. Like you got to really love it. <laughs> It's true. I mean, you know, doing this, you know, I, you know, as any 20 records been doing it for 12 years and, you know, there's, you know, when there's downs, there's, you know, big downs. And when there's ups, there's, they can, there's big ups too. And, you know, it is a roller coaster of a ride and you have to understand that, you know, all, you know, it is hard. It's, it's, it's really, really hard to, to make everything work. I, I said this before on the podcast and I keep on saying it over and over again, which is that so many things have to go right to 
to have a success. I'm, I'm not going to even be, say successful. I'm just going to say a success <laughs> that so many things have to go right and only a very, very few things need to go wrong for it to be complete failure. You're and right that's the way that. you have to look at it. That's the way you have wow. to look at it. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> so uh, speaking of which, I want to uh, shift gears a little bit about um, the book itself. So when you know, because of the fact that you finish, uh, finished the book in September of 2020, did you already have a publisher lined up? Were you already thinking about how to release this book? Because it was only a couple months since you finished uh, writing the book that it became published. So did you already have those things lined up ahead of time? Um, I was I'd already thought about it. I spent the entire year just kicking around how to publish this and put how to put this out, you know. Um, I have friends who publish books, you know, independently or through major publishing houses. And they all gave me, the, I, I, I interviewed all of them, gave, got the pros and cons from probably 10 people. Like, what are your, what is the good thing about going with a publisher? What are the, what are the good things about self-publishing? What are the bad? And so I made this giant list and that's really what I spent 2020 just kind of going through. And, um, and I realized that so much of my career has been done on my own terms, you know, independently DIY it only made sense for a book to be the same. And so um, I just decided self-publishing was the way to go, you know, not to knock anyone who's going through a major publisher, but they can probably all tell you that you lose a lot of control. You know, it's much like going through a major label system where, you know, the cover, the title, the, the words inside, you know, everything is now up for change, you know, and, I didn't necessarily want that. And I had talked to a bunch of publishers who was like, well, yeah, if you just do it like this and, oh, you got to change the name. Oh, you got to, you got to angle it this way because black stories are in, you know, or you got to angle it this way because video game books don't have a lot of competition. So you should angle it this way, you know, and they started coming at me from a marketing standpoint and it got kind of disgusting, you know, where I was like, this is my life story here. Like, I'm not attempting to angle it in any sort of way and so i didn't like the conversations i got you know no knock to to any of the major publishing houses and anybody who's worked with them but they have books to sell you know and so they're not thinking about that stuff so when i they're like well i'm just going to tell you a memoir doesn't really sell you know a memoir especially from a person who's not an a-lister you know, isn't going to sell. This isn't like Obama or like The Rock or, you know, or anything like that, you know. And so it just felt like a lot of my early music conversations, you know, with labels or publishing and production companies. And I was just like, no, like, is it is it like a part of the, the process where they have to almost belittle you and make you smaller, you know, in order to show like, look, this is what we do. And you're just this little guy, you know, and I felt so much of that. And so so I had a strike against me for writing a memoir and for not being an A-lister. So a lot of a lot of folks were like, well, if we change this and we change that, and who do you know that's famous and who can we talk about? What kind of dirt can you dish? You know, and again, it got really disgusting. So I said, I'm going to do it myself. And so I started researching self-publishing methods and I wound up working with a company called Author House which was extremely helpful. Got on the phone with me for an hour 
and was like, all right, when do you want this out? And I'm like, well, I guess next year. And they're like, okay, we're going to have our people, you know, read through the book, give you some tips, uh, give us some photos you like, you know, footnotes, whatever. And, um, and they were on it, man. And uh, next thing you know, they were, they were sending me like a sample copy of the book like three months later. And I was just like, yeah, it's real. You know, this was been incredible. We got that because it's, it's, I'm sure like every single time I know I get excited about this. Every time you have a physical copy of your creative works, you know, that you now have in your hands. I mean, that feeling. It's unbelievable, man. It was, it was awesome. And so not to say for the next book, maybe I wouldn't look, you know, in, in another direction or be open to talking to publishers and things. But, um, you know, for what I wanted to do, like, it's it's really a hybrid book you know i feel like it's not necessarily one thing and i feel like this has been the story of my life where someone's saying hey look why don't you just be this one thing so we can market you you know and i'm like well i happen to be more than one thing and i love more than one thing you know so like well is it a hip-hop book is it a is it a video game memoir is it a self-help book is it a is it an african-american trail story of of triumph you know um you know and i'm like no it's just a book man you know so initially it was going to be like part self-help like q a all the questions i get asked and how to fix them plus like what video games were very important to me at certain times of my life plus what songs were really important to me at these times of my life plus how i've ever you know any hardship i've ever had faced and how i got through it you know so combining all these different book types made it like to me where uh self-publishing was the only way to go so so yeah i gotta shout out author house for helping me out with that and um doing a great job and getting me the books fairly quickly um next is going to be a an audiobook next month we're going to put some like secret little song stuff in there as well I want to make it very special. Uh, a lot of folks are, they asked me like, oh, for your audio book, like, just tell us who you want to hire, like a voice actor to read it or whatever. And I'm like, hmm, I think I could do this, you know, like, but again, people are like, oh, well, you're not like some superstar. So like, maybe you should get someone else to read. And I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. You know, and I'm like, I don't mind reading. I think I'm a good reader. I can do this. You know, and I feel like it's my story. Like, I don't want to hear someone else telling my story. So Good for you. I got to read it. Good uh, for so you. So, yeah, that's been, the, that's been the process. It's just like, hey, look, I want to tell my story my way. And I, I feel like that's literally been the message I've been sending since the beginning of my career. So it would, it would only make sense to keep doing it this way. I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the authenticity of the book really comes through. And I think that's the main point is that, and I'm speaking both as a, a reader as well as representation, because it's interesting being on both sides of, you know, as well as representing artists in general. And then again, trying to predict something that is unpredictable. Sometimes you get that point of, I want to say sometimes it's a little bit about self-confidence or insecurities, actually, where you have to prove your worth by saying, oh, it has to be this way in order for such and such to work 
right? But so you're trying to prove your value, but the same token too is that if you are overasserting yourself as representation, then you're also detrimenting the artist because then the artist is not pleased with the direction you're going in. So it's a it's a very, very delicate balancing act between the representation and the creator where you have to have that mutual understanding of this is what the creator wants to, to have happen. And then your job as representation is to figuring out how to properly connect with the right audience for what the creator wants to do. Absolutely. And good for you for for wanting to uh, to you know be the narrative of your own audiobook. I think that, <laughs> like you said, nobody can tell your story better than you can. That's the way I see it. You know, I, I can't imagine someone else telling my story. You know, I feel like this this has to come from me. You know. So, now um, we're going. To, actually, this is fantastic. I really like everything you're saying. is 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 amazing. Um, now let's talk about a little bit uh, post writing. I know that it's been fairly recent, but have there been any new lessons that you've learned uh, as an artist since writing the book? Hmm. Well, uh, I'll tell you that I've learned that promoting a book is not easy, uh, especially in a pandemic. You know, we've I've had dreams of you know going out doing book signings and you know meeting folks and shaking hands and hugging and taking photos and. All the things that were initially going to be a part of this process are not possible, you know, in this in this day and time. So uh, so promoting a book without like book signings, without Barnes and Noble or the, you know, the New York Times bestseller list is extremely difficult. So you got to be really creative and crafty uh, as well as, you know, I think just. Uh, appealing to your to your core audience and demographic in a, in a new way like this is a new thing like you like the music so hear the story you know and that part I think the the promotions part learning new things on how to promote books is it's a foreign language to me you know like I don't know what I'm doing so being able to pick this stuff up as I go has been cool so that's been a learning experience for sure were there any other things that you were uh, teaching yourself over the pandemic because of the fact that there has been no shows or touring, mm-hmm. you know, that, that does completely change where you're investing your time into. So besides the fact that you were writing this book, were there any other things that you were trying to learn new during that time frame? Oh yeah. I've been streaming a whole lot on Twitch um, doing, that's been where most of my time is going. is just learning the, the, the system. I stream for three hours a day, but Outside of that, there's an hour before I get on where I'm just kind of boning up on stuff, learning new techniques, new strategies, um, new technology. You know, I've been saying I was going to do it for the longest, and now I have the time, so I'm able to do it. So now my gaming time is able to be, um, I guess, constructive kind of working time, you know? So that's the dream right there. Like, I love to play video games, but... If I could play a video game and also interact with my audience, like then that's great. So I'm able to do that a few days a week. Um, DJ practicing, you know. I felt like I felt like I was pretty close to like going out playing live shows as a DJ uh, before a pandemic. But now, like I feel like I've really gotten it down, you know, to the point where like I really want to get out and play shows and DJ shows. Um, so yeah, just learning so much about that stuff and technology specifically. Um, but it, it makes me put more time in and it's more time sitting in front of the computer, which I didn't really want, 
So, uh, so now I have a personal trainer who every every couple of days on FaceTime, he's like, all right, get up, let's do some things, you know. So that helps me out a lot. So if I'm going to be home, I feel like I need to be being active because I'm sitting so much more, you know. So um, those things for sure, I think, uh, have been the most for me is making the most of like my, my video game playing time and uh, getting more active it has uh, definitely helped me. At least in the last few months, I've been really getting at it. Good for you. I've uh, I've been trying to do that uh, the best myself too, because also I'm very much in my home. I work from the house, so it's very easy to really not go anywhere or be active in some way. So I try to at least once a day at the very least go for a walk around the neighborhood and just it's also a way to again not only to get some exercise in of some sort but at the same token too being away from the computer screen being away from distractions in general because you can get, also get very distracted at home and yeah. just be to yourself and your own thoughts about you know where you are at in life right now and you know or just thinking about what to do next and you know or thinking about that problem or challenge in your head about how i'm going to deal with this whatever the case is it's sometimes really therapeutic if you will For just sure. just to do something along those lines but again just just being active and just trying trying different things out in the pandemic that's the best thing you possibly can do right now absolutely so uh, one of the other things that uh, you mentioned in your book um, is that you have a folder uh, inbox folder called motivation uh, because of fans that have reached out to you of how they were inspired by your music um, would you be able to share maybe one of those that really stands out to you huh oh, wow okay good question uh let's see um for those of you listening he's actually looking one up right now so <laughs> yeah i mean you know i could just kind of pick one or just off the top of my head, but mm, I'd rather read one. All right. Fair. Um, let's see. This is from last year. All right. I may have to take out a few words here and there. Now, uh, hey, this is a little long, but bear with me since I feel it's important that you read this. First and foremost, thank you for creating a mind-blowing album, uh, Two Hands Up. I never would have imagined this album being so needed, but nonetheless, here it is, and thank you for that. I talked to my friend recently and told him how I had no motivation to do anything since the George Floyd murder. I've done a couple of interviews and things, but I've never been motivated less. COVID has been difficult, but the Floyd murder definitely sapped all the energy out of me. Uh, to be honest, it's disheartening to learn that so many things happen uh, right under our nose. So long story short, you creating this might be a sign for me that I can create and should keep going. Only recently, just listening to a bunch of video game covers, nerdy music, and revisiting old concert videos has made me feel better overall. But this album has changed everything. You've played a huge part in making me feel better. So it's time for me to follow my own advice of getting back up after getting knocked down. Thank you for all that you do. I appreciate you. Keep up the great work. Wow. So that was just one from August. Um, but yeah, I try to keep as many of these as I can because we all need a little 
you know, a little motivation, a little push. And, um, and sometimes I wonder, you know, like I said, if, is anyone even listening or is anything I'm saying even, you know, registering? Um, but when I see stuff like that, it shows me that, that I'm doing the right thing, you know? And honestly, if I never get another letter like that again, then I know that I still, I did my thing, you know, I did my part. Um, I had a woman I met at a show in Illinois. I came, I went out and did a festival and, um, this woman had never heard me before. And then, um, she messaged me right after the show saying like she was suicidal and she was thinking of ending it all and that morning and things were really hard for her and that she said when she saw my positivity on stage or saw me smiling you know that that just meant the world to her and and it's it's made her she's like i want to live and i was just like whoa like stuff like that is is you know more important than any, any award or trophy or anything like that that could ever be done like these are things that I didn't ever think were, were possible, you know, when I'm recording in my basement, you know, and uploading a song to the internet, you know, that people all over the country can be touched by what what I say, you know. So those things they, they keep me going. So that's that's the motivation. Yeah. I I mean that's that's really truly powerful and I'm sure you know, as as somebody who is do, is being active, it, it's always it's always good to sh- to hear other people appreciate your work. Mm-hmm. But it definitely is a whole nother level when they mention how much you've impacted their lives. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why, well, for many of us, we do what we do. I know that for myself that originally starting a record label was something that I was just excited about doing because I wanted to do something that I thought would be fulfilling and, and, uh, you know, give, give myself meaning and between my passions, between you know, entertainment and just running a company. But as I started to connect with artists, I realized that it was more than just that. It was that I was, connecting with people in such an intimate way and that I was responsible for helping them not only to, you know, obviously make money from their craft, but, you know, they were literally putting in my hands, you know, you know, what, what is the most special to them? And I never take that for granted. And every day I make sure that I appreciate that fact that, you know, that, that is a huge responsibility to have. And, um, you know and just to hear and it's it's good to hear from people and this may be something for everyone to think about is that if there's somebody out there that you are you know that that means something special to you don't be afraid to let them know that because that means just amount just the same amount if not more back to them to hear that how much you've impacted their lives and how much they appreciate what you do absolutely i'm i'm thankful for messages like that you know so when people thank me for creating, I'm like, no, no, like, thank you, because without you, this doesn't go on. And most importantly, knowing that we're able to reach people just shows us how powerful this is, you know, and uh, it can help everybody to kind of recenter their focus and, and 
Yeah, so it's just motivational on on both sides. It's a, it's a cyclical motivation, you know, circle where you if I motivate you, your your gratitude motivates me, you know, to keep going and to to keep creating and to keep improving and in life and in art, you know, so for sure. Well, Wow. So I'm going to end on that note because that was amazing. Um, but Raheem, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And uh, for people who want to read Dream Master, where's the best place they can go? Oh, man. Well, go to dreammasterbook.com. You can find any place to get it. There are several uh, options listed. I'd say go with independent stores first. You know, um, there's Zia. There's uh, Grassroots in Phoenix. Zia ships worldwide, I think, for free right now. Um, you got, I listed every independent store. There's one in Houston, one in Denver, one in Philadelphia, and they're, we're adding by the day. And you can go and grab it on Amazon. Lastly, I would say, you know, Amazon, if you got Prime, it's free shipping, you know, but I will say I make less on Amazon, but however you get it is most important to me. Uh, get the book. And once we start doing shows again, bring it out. I'll sign it. Sounds amazing. Thank you so much, Raheem. Raheem, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the 8020 Show. To learn more about 8020 Records, you can check us out on pretty much any social media at 8020records or visit our website at www.8020records.com. Until next time, be happy, be healthy, and be productive.